Section 5 of the Curtis Aviation Book by Glenn Curtis and Augustus Post. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 2 My First Flights by Glenn H. Curtis. Chapter 1 Beginning to Fly. In 1905, while in New York City, I first met Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone. Dr. Bell had learned of our lightweight motors, used with success on the Baldwin dirigibles, and he wanted to secure one for use in his experiments with kites. We had a very interesting talk on these experiments, and he asked me to visit him at Bienbrich, his summer home near Baddeck, Nova Scotia. Dr. Bell had developed some wonderfully light and strong tetrahedral kites, which possessed great inherent stability, and he wanted a motor to install in one of them for purposes of experimentation. This kite was a very large one. The doctor called it an aerodrome. The surfaces, not being planes, it could not properly be described as an aeroplane. He believed that the time would come when the framework of the aeroplane would have to be so large in proportion to its surface that it would be too heavy to fly. Consequently, he had evolved the tetrahedral or cellular form of structure, which would allow of the size being increased indefinitely, while the weight would be increased only in the same ratio. Dr. Bell had invited two young Canadian engineers, F. W. Baldwin and J. A. D. McCurdy, to assist him, and they were at Baddock when I first visited there in the summer of 1907. Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge of the United States Army was also there. Naturally, there was a wide discussion on the subject of aeronautics, and so numerous were the suggestions made, and so many the theories advanced, that Mrs. Bell suggested the formation of a scientific organization to be known as the Aerial Experiment Association. This met with a prompt and hearty agreement, and the association was created very much in the same manner as Dr. Bell had previously formed the Volta Association at Washington for developing the phonograph. Mrs. Bell, who was most enthusiastic and helpful, generously offered to furnish the necessary funds for experimental work, and the object of the association was officially set forth as to build a practical aeroplane which will carry a man and be driven through the air by its own power. Dr. Alexander Graham Bell was made chairman, F. W. Baldwin chief engineer, J. A. D. McCurdy assistant engineer and treasurer, and Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge secretary, while I was honored with the title of director of experiments and chief executive officer. Both Baldwin and McCurdy were fresh from Toronto University, where they had graduated as mechanical engineers and Baldwin later earned the distinction of making the first public flight in a motor-driven heavier-than-air machine. This was accomplished at Hammondsport, New York, March 12, 1908, over the ice on Lake Keuka. The machine used was number 1 built by the Aerial Experiment Association, designed by Lieutenant Selfridge, and known as the Red Wing. The experiments carried on at Baddeck during the summer and fall of 1907 covered a wide range. There were trials and tests, with Dr. Bell's tetrahedral kites, with motors, and with aerial propellers mounted on boats. 
Finally, at the suggestion of Lieutenant Selfridge, it was decided to move the scene of further experiments to Hammondsport, New York, where my factory was located, and there to build a glider. I had preceded the other members of the association from Baddeck to Hammondsport in order to prepare for the continuance of our work. A few days after my return, I was in my office talking to Mr. Augustus Post, who was then the secretary of the Aero Club of America, when a telegram came from Dr. Bell, saying, Start building. The boys will be down next week. As no plans had been outlined, and nothing definite settled upon in the way of immediate experiments, I was somewhat undecided as to just what to build. We then discussed the subject of gliders for some time, and I finally decided that the thing to do was to build a glider at the factory, and to take advantage of the very abrupt and convenient hills at Hammondsport to try it out. We therefore built a double-surface glider of the Chanute type. As almost every schoolboy knows, in this day of advanced information on aviation, a glider is, roughly speaking, an aeroplane without a motor. Usually it has the same surfaces as a modern aeroplane, and it may be made to support a passenger by launching it from the top of a hill in order to give it sufficient impetus to sustain its own weight and that of a rider. If the hill is steep, the glider will descend at a smaller angle than the slope of the hill, and thus glides of considerable distance may be made with ease and comparative safety. Our first trials of the glider, which we built on the arrival of the other members of the Experiment Association, were made in the dead of winter, when the snow lay deep over the hillsides. This made very hard work for everybody. It was a case of trudging laboriously up the steep hillsides, and hauling or carrying the glider to the top by slow stages. It was easy enough going down, but slow work going up. But we continued our trials with varied success until we considered ourselves skillful enough to undertake a motor-driven machine, which we mounted on runners. End of Section 5 Recording by Maria Casper